TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. I'm not going to lie, this is something I am really looking forward to, this next conversation. I think I'm going to learn a lot, not to put too much pressure on you, mate, but our next guest is Dr. Damien Christoph, who is a nutritionist, a chiropractor, a naturopath. He's got a very successful podcast himself called 100 Not Out. He's a father, he's a brilliant man, and he is going to shed some light on something that I think has grown enormously in interest and popularity in the last decade in particular, and that is longevity. Welcome, Damien. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here on The Wood Life. So I'm going to jump straight into it, and it's interesting, and we'll get into sort of how it's shifted in my my mind as I've become a dad and all these kind of things as, as we get into our chat. But it's amazing how much more often in recent times I've heard about longevity experts and how much more we do have an ability to perhaps manipulate the way we live our life to live longer. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff out there. Some of it sounds pretty wacky. Some of it seems to make a lot of sense to me and somewhere in between a lot of the other stuff. Let's get into it. I just want you straight off the cuff. How much control do you think we have over how long we can live? And how long do you think our generation and maybe my children's, how long do you think they are likely to live as, a, as an average moving forward? How's that for kicking off a podcast? Kicking off that's, a podcast. That's that's like that's just throwing, heavy you hitting. In, throwing you in the deep end. Like, no, no one's going to hold you to this. But <laughs> I'd love, love you it. to sort of take us back, to take us forward and yeah. Ha- has it shifted? And It really has. Let's go back um, maybe to when I was about to turn 40, Sam, because sure. um, just as I was about to turn 40, I was packing myself. I'm thinking, I'm going to turn 40. What happens on the other side? You know, yeah. is all of my best years, has it all expired? Am, am I done? And so I then started this podcast, this exploration of longevity, and now nine years on, I'm approaching 50. Yeah, I'm still, I didn't die. (laughs) And looking amazing. I didn't die. I wanted to understand how people lived a long time. Like, what were they doing to live a long time? Were they biohacking? Were they exercising bucket loads? Were they running marathons? Were they doing triathlons? Uh, Were they vegan? Yeah. Um, Were they paleo? You know, were they carnivore? And so we set about trying to understand what people who were living a long time, what were they doing? So we just read The Blue Zones by Dr. Dan Butner, and he'd done some really brilliant work in investigating the cultures around the world that lived a long time. So these cultures known as the Blue Zones, they live on average 15 to 20% longer than anyone else in the world. Which is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you say, oh, well, you know, the average age of a, a lady these days is, say, 82. Do another 20% on that, you, yeah. you're pushing 100. And yeah. these people, one of the islands that we visit, that we go and visit, is is an island called Ikaria, and, and that's in Greece. And that's known as the island that where people forget to die. And mm. so there's a great story where a man, Stamatos Mariados, who, who was diagnosed at the age of 50-odd in the US with terminal lung cancer, he was given six months to live. And um, and he said to his wife, we can't afford a funeral here in, in the US. Let's head overseas and let's go back to Icaria. So they went back to Icaria in Greece for him to die. And he said, six months down the track, I didn't die. 
nine months down the track, I didn't die. And when he was interviewed on A Current Affair, he was 104 years old. Oh he didn't God. die, you know, like he just, he went back to Ikaria and didn't die. And so then we thought, well, what is it about that? You know, did he go and take extra glutathione? Was he taking capsules of fish oil? Was he taking coenzyme Q10 or bisglycinated magnesium powder? You know, was he doing all these sorts of things or did he turn vegan? And the reality was that none of those biohacking methods were what these people who were living to 100 years old were doing. So I think people are going to live a long time, um, but the quality of their life may or may not be the same. We can definitely keep people alive a long time using drugs and medication and surgeries and those sorts of things. But to live a great life, like what you and I are enjoying at the moment, you know, yep. exercise, fitness, great food, happiness, laughter, lifestyle, those sorts of things, that comes from a mindset and a philosophy more than anything else. I love that you've actually distinguished between quantity of life and quality of life because I think, yeah, no one wants to be 110 if mm. the last 20 or 30 years of their life are quite miserable. So I love that you've done that. And I think we should go into each of those categories perhaps individually because people will be saying, oh, that's all well and good, but is it, like you say, huge volumes of exercise, higher intensity, shorter duration yeah. Is there something there in the vegan side of things? How much of the happiness and lack of stress, sleep, mindfulness or peace of mind sort of comes into it? So let's get into each of those individually. I, let, let's go with exercise because yeah. I've read a lot of research around this really high intensity stuff a couple of times a week where you really do have to keep the resistance to high intensity activity there in the body by shocking it for these little 10 minute or 15 minute bursts where you're really getting the heart rate high and pushing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at some of the work done by say Ben Greenfield, um, yep. or ben. Yep. maybe Wim Hof, you know, yep. where you're using, um, th th I mean, that's the ultimate biohack, isn't it? Like you're really pushing your body to an extreme and then pulling it back into the normal and letting your body react and respond. And I suppose build some resilience. Yeah. If we look at that and then try to establish whether or not that actually works, we won't know that actually works until 40, 50, 60 years down the track. You know, for you, you won't know if that approach works until you're 100. But these guys are adamant that it will, aren't they? They are adamant. Yeah. And and so what they're doing is they're, you know, maybe they're doing some research on, you know, bloodborne chemicals or, or you know, the the biochemical um, impact of that on the body. And so they're translating that data uh, and then predicting what could happen in the future. And so I reckon a great predictor of the future is observation of the past. Yep. And so if we look at those people that do and actually have lived a long time, there's a number of different things that they've done that almost certainly guarantees that they'll live a long time. And then whether or not you live a long time with full function could be the next thing that we're kind of looking at, you know, so where we say 100 could be the new 70, uh, that is probably more just around a mindset and the ability to stay alive. And we'll talk about those little things, but the ability to live strong and really well and be, you know, there's a, a Chinese grandfather who's on the catwalk at nearly 90 <laughs> years old and he's got his abs out, you know, and you kind of go, that's incredible. You know, that's that's not everybody's experience of, of aging and longevity, but maybe there'll be, you know, mega fit centenarians at some point in time, you know, maybe they're still training at the woodshed or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who knows, maybe that's the approach. But what people who have lived a long time have done is maintain three different things. Sure. One of them is movement. Yeah. 
and movements. Move it or lose it. A hundred percent. You know, the moment you stop moving it is the moment you start losing it a hundred percent. So keep on moving. The other thing that they've done or the other two things they've done is maintain a purpose. And so their purpose for living is really important. So why do you want to live a long time? Why do you want to be on the planet? Who do you want to hang around? That's your purpose. And then maintaining engagement. Like what are you doing in the community? Mm. Who who are you seeing? Who are you spending time with? You're always going to be the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. So, you know, think about what it is that they're doing. So if they're sitting around and getting on the Terps every weekend and waking up unrefreshed on a Sunday morning and taking a few days to get over that just to kick that off again on a Friday night, that's pretty much how you're going to be as well. And you can't expect longevity from that. But Mm. if you're engaging and having conversation and sitting down and having a great meal and, you know, maybe having a glass of wine with your friends, then you're more likely to be building endorphins that are going to be health promoting inside the body um, than if you're challenging your body from a health perspective. And so I also fear, feared mortality as I had children. Yeah, I never worried about it. I was never worried how long I was going to live. I didn't care, you know, if I was partying and having a great time and just living life and traveling and, and, and I died. Well, like, it's it twofold. One, you don't think about those things. And two, when you're hung over with little kids, it's an absolute nightmare. So <laughs> that's, you, a, that's a punish. It's, it's a double whammy that you probably don't want to go down. <laughs> that's that a path. punish. But then you got to go, okay, so what do I need to do to stay healthy and stay well? And one of the things that um, I've always wanted to do was kind of challenge um, philosophies, like challenge what people have done. So at one point, um, in my career, I was doing um, some television work and it was quite revolutionary because I was telling people that you should eat more eggs to decrease your heart disease. Um, and in New Zealand at the time when I was doing this TV show, the New Zealand Dietetics Association weren't happy that I was suggesting have four eggs a day. Yeah, egg yolk and cholesterol. And yeah, the they're like, oh, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, you're killing people, you know, <laughs> you're dangerous. So I'd have to go in front of the Broadcasting Standards Association and defend my claims. And they said that my recommendation for that many eggs would be bad. So I said about eating 28 eggs a week. 28 eggs a week. Yeah. yeah, every single week for three months to see what it would do to my cholesterol. So my cholesterol started at 4.1. Um, at the end of the uh, you know that that measurement period, my cholesterol dropped down to 3.9. And so I contacted Nikki, who was the head of the Dietitians Association, and said, this is my result. She goes, yeah, N equals one. I said, yeah, I get that. But you're also saying that if you eat too many eggs, it's going to make you die. And so- I then had to think about philosophies. Which just for our listeners, you have been proven right since. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I, th- I think that's important to note. Yes. Our listeners might be thinking, this guy's a bit of a cowboy. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> that's and right. way ahead of your time. Well, even back then in 2005, um, I was saying have coconut oil, but have it sparingly. You know, it is still a saturated fat, but coconut oil can be hugely beneficial for the body if you've got the right, you know, body type. And so- and and then I had to defend that claim too, you know. So simple things back, you were talking nearly 20 years ago, which were just just made sense to me back then, but based on a philosophy that science is now catching up with. But, so. but looking back at our past to understand how we can live long, and I think it's really important that it needs to be a combination of the lifestyle that these people led, you know, the eating real raw food, the yeah. moving their body, whether it was to be to hunt or to, you know, yes. move camps or whatever it was. And I know we're going right back to primitive times, but yep. Yep. that clearly worked. They just didn't have the modern medicine to then perhaps fight off disease and infection. We now have the combination of that. Yeah. However, the one we have the control of, we choose not to do. Yeah. You know, we're, we're couch bound and remote controls and driving yeah. everywhere and, that's the one we can control. Going back to the 
connection and the engagement or the, the purpose and the engagement, I, I find those fascinating because I see that all the time. The people that don't retire early or have philanthropic or charity-based or they're involved helping their kids' businesses or whatever it might be, yeah. seems so much more vibrant and younger than those that have kind of been on a bit of a downhill spiral since they were either forced to retire or they retired or whatever it might be. And then from an engagement perspective and purpose, it's interesting, I think, when you see people pass away often when their partner dies, you yeah. know, you see that yeah. really soon. And They're you broken. Go, yeah, yeah, you know, and, you know, within a month or six months. Lost their purpose. Lost their purpose mm. and their engagement. And their you engagement, know, The person yep. they had that wonderful connection and conversation with is gone and the person they loved and that was their purpose is gone as well. So you can yeah. see why that happens. But yeah. let's not get our biological and chronological age mixed up. I think perhaps telling people a bit about what each of those is is a really interesting thing because I feel like we think age is one Mm -hmm. and it's actually there's two of them and you have a choice in one of them and you don't have a choice in the other. Yeah, so true. You can definitely biologically age faster than your chronological age. So you might have 40 birthday candles on your cake, but you could have done so much damage and be so disenfranchised with life, like without purpose or not moving or poisoning your body every single day with, you know, poor quality food or poor quality hydration and uh, accelerate your chronological age and, and all of a sudden, sorry, your biological age. And then you're way beyond your years. Yeah. So I think about some of my friends and family who haven't looked after their body. And uh, and I know that they're much older. They've got arthritis at 40. Some of them have had type 2 diabetes at 40 or liver failure at 40. And you think, wow, you know, you're not even halfway through what would be expected to be your life. And, uh, and you let yourself go. So but again, that comes back to the reason why they did it. Why did yeah. they fall off the wagon in the first place? That's the question that I kind of ask. You know, wh- where was their desire to live a long time? Maybe they didn't have a desire ever to live a long time, or maybe they never found what would make them happy. Um, but for you and I, I think, Sam, it's our children that's given us some purpose in that space. And for me, there's a real desire now to really understand how to do it well. And And when I look at what might be coming through in the scientific literature, there's not much that actually proves taking extra supplements will keep your life for a long time. Yeah, right. In fact, there's very little that actually says that. It goes back to those things like, you know, movement is so important, but it doesn't have to be a marathon. And from a food perspective, I've never interviewed a 100-year-old vegan, like never. Um, Everyone's eaten fruits and vegetables, some kind of protein, drunk water, um, most of them don't drink much alcohol, except for those people who live in Sardinia and Icaria. So <laughs> the Italians and I the think Greeks. That's where I'm heading. They drink the alcohol and they don't die. That's right. pretty good. Yeah, but they match it with water. Yeah. Which, you know, that's that's the life of it. You know, you can't, the body, if you look at the biochemistry of the body and you look at every single biochemical function within the body, water is involved in every single function. Yeah. You know, so it's not beer or vodka. Like eventually the beer or the vodka will be converted to water by the liver, but the stuff that gets taken out of it um, has to be processed and that's that's hard on the body. So we've got to be mindful of that. So I think what resonates with me is I just hope everyone listening is thinking to themselves, okay, let's use whatever my next decade marker is as my next checkpoint. You know, yeah. if I'm 44, I've got six years or if I'm 48, I've got two years or whatever it is. Yeah. And... I actually want to be biologically younger at that next checkpoint than I was at the one before. And and yeah. we all can be. Yeah. I think if we make 
these changes, moving our body every day. Again, sometimes it's short and sharp. Other times it's going for a walk. If there's a hill, go up it. If yes. there's a harder gear on your bike, use it. If there's stairs, If take there's them. stairs, take them. But move your body every day. Eating real food, raw produce, lots of water, reducing your alcohol intake, and then you know, hanging out with like-minded people, laughing, sharing experiences, and then most importantly, find that purpose. And that's your purpose in life, and that's your purpose or your why to reminding yourself to why this new lifestyle is important. And I guarantee if you, on your 40th birthday, you were actually showing the uh, wares of a 52-year-old, you can reverse that and you can, at your 50th birthday, be showing the wares of a 46-year-old. You can literally turn the clock back and, of course, there's no guarantees in life. Every now and then we get bad luck and we get dealt a bad hand and it's out of our control, but we can definitely put the odds in our favour. To our Woodlife listeners, first of all, thank you to you, Damien. That was brilliant, mate, and I'd love to get you back on at some time to really dive into perhaps each category a little bit more deeply. And to our listeners, take that advice on board because we only get one life and we've got to make the most of it. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.